uniting the people against outside aggressors. And yet it can all appear very confusing to the outsider. Great Britain, England, Wales, Scotland. Are all these countries, nations? What is it all about? start by understanding that Scotland and England were kingdoms in their own right. Wales, having been subjugated off and on, was a principality. This simply means it was forced to have a prince, not a king, and thus is not as powerful as the stronger neighbouring king of England. However, before England itself had a king, it was in fact made up of a number of smaller kingdoms such as Mercia. In simple terms, England, Scotland and Wales are separate countries and united under the monarch they are called Britain. The United Kingdom now also includes Northern Ireland. The monarchy of England began with the work of King Alfred the Great in the 9th century. And it all changed in 1707 under Queen Anne when England united with Scotland and formed what is now known as Great Britain. From then on, the monarchs were no longer kings and queens of just England, but of Britain. In the meantime, the Principality of Wales had been incorporated into the Kingdom of England in the 13th century, with the first-born male heir always taking the role of the Prince of Wales until becoming king himself. This ties the two lands together, in blood. In 1603, Queen Elizabeth I died without an heir, and so the King of Scotland, James VI, became James I of England and Scotland. James called himself the King of Great Britain, but no such kingdom existed in legislation until 1707, when Queen Anne created it. James was a Stuart, and Queen Anne would be the last of the line. Is all that clear? The simple way of looking at it is like this. An island, once made up of numerous separate kingdoms, eventually forms into one Great Britain under one monarch. In this way, the power of an island nation begins to grow. No longer do they war with each other. No longer can outsiders pick off sections of land for themselves. No longer does that old-fashioned system known as feudalism exist. Instead, a united front is shown to prospective invaders. Indeed, wealth grows and enables the British to reach out to the world, to begin an empire. This would not have been possible in a divided land. It was essential if Britain was to stand against the world, and some would say that the constant invasion of the islands forced the people to come together. Over the centuries, various monarchs fought battles against usurpers and claimants of the throne. Lancaster against York in the Wars of the Roses tipped the balance of power, as did numerous other occasions. In the 17th century, religion, 
hard times, and increased education forced a public revolt in the Civil War, and a king lost his head. The beheading of Charles I scared the hell out of many people, and the following darkness forced Parliament to beg Charles II to take back the throne. Never again would revolution occur in these lands. In 1714, the Queen of Great Britain, Queen Anne, died without children. She had been a Catholic, and by this time, the British Parliament had no taste for them any longer. They chose the Hanoverians as the successors, via the line of the daughter of James I. George I came to the throne, the son of Sophia of Hanover. He was followed by George II, third and fourth.